Hello there, I'm Jordan O'Brien and this is the New Leaf Podcast. Joining me this week for episode 9 of the New Leaf podcast is another work colleague of mine from the fabulous little, it's Danielle Brush. Welcome to the show. Thank you. you excited to be here? Always. It's not like you to be quiet like I we know. were saying before you were coming on. <laughs> you were all chatty before this. I know. Are you a bit nervous? Okay, it'll be okay. There's no need to be nervous. Just pretend it's standing in the warehouse again and chatting the biggest pile of rubbish. That's whenever a lot of curse words come out. So we'll, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll maybe just um, hold back on the language yeah. for this episode at least. <laughs> and then once the microphones are off, we'll let hell loose. <laughs> anyway, um, so how have you been recently? It's been a while since we've actually seen each other. Yeah, it's been all good. All good. Still uh, decorating the house and oh, doing all the bits and pieces. Painted the living room and then I didn't like it. So I had to repaint the living room. So I've just finished that. It's so strange how, like, this past year, everyone has just somehow found endless things to do in their house, whether it's doing the back garden, doing up the living rooms. I think our house has turned into an episode of DIY SOS. <laughs> <laughs> we're just changing everything when, we're, when we feel like it. Yeah, I know. You just start from one room and then work around to the next and carry on from there and get back to where you started and go yeah. actually I don't like that colour of blue <laughs> yeah. I change that it looks exactly. too grey and get it all changed um, so you have your own place now which is exciting yeah. yes and in it four weeks yesterday four weeks it yeah. doesn't even feel like that already it feels like you've been there and established as well <laughs> so you're still getting all the finishing touches yeah. and making it home um, yeah. how did you find trying to find a place Oh, because dear. last week on the show we had a friend of mine who was an estate agent and I got his view on sort of housing in a yeah. COVID world. So oh, as someone who awful. was trying to purchase, what was it like? Awful. Um, we started saving last year pretty much. Um, and last summer, the house I'm in now, I originally wanted. Um, and there was just so much like different directions you had to go to end up back in the same spot told me I couldn't get it the valuation what do you call the person that comes out does the valuation oh, I can't remember what you call him now but he came out and like to value the house and had all these different problems with the house that said we couldn't get it went for a different house couldn't get that one wanted to go back to that one ended up getting the house that I originally wanted I was like are you serious that wasted four months of my time double the price paying the same person to come out and value the house again so just for them to turn around and say yeah it's actually okay yeah work away <laughs> move in uh, there's only some structural damage to the stairs there once you step on it this but that'll be fine the um, electric box apparently I need a new electric box and I, whenever we moved in I looked at it it's a brand new literally a brand new electric box put in last year but apparently it's not the right one. So I don't understand. But I had to go get that fixed. And the electric company's like, but it's new. 
don't know. How do you explain to them that you've been told to do yeah. so by someone that doesn't work for the electrical company? Exactly. That's <laughs> ridiculous. The simple things like that make you laugh though and you're like, right, okay, I'll just crack on somehow. I think he just wanted an extra payday. He's paid Probably. it twice to do the same thing, so it's a win-win for him. Exactly. <laughs> and unlucky for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're out of pocket twice for the same thing. Yeah. But you've got your own little space now and mm-hmm. you've, you've moved into it and it's a little bit more independence yeah. for you. You know, I'm still living at home and making my way around slowly to think of maybe moving out in the future. But yeah. for the meantime, I'm happy where I am. and There's no rush into it. Yeah, exactly. Like we know people that have moved out the second they could and it works for them. But yeah. Other people has been a lot of a struggle. Yeah, and so. you know, trying to find property and get in somewhere and be a bit more established and mm-hmm. independent is a little bit difficult because at such a young age it's you it's can tie daunting. you can tie yourself down very mm-hmm. easily if you know you go to get a mortgage on a house and you're yeah. twenty four, twenty five, you know, that's you almost set for a good while. You yeah. can't just change. <laughs> Um, but at the same time, I suppose it would be nice to have your own little environment that yeah. you can it is do nice, your yeah. thing to. Yeah, I can have like everything set in my own way and decorate my own way, and you know it's just nice then to come home and it's just like ah, oh, this is mine. You know. Yeah. Like, I'm sure it's know. strange though at the start. Yeah, mo- like definitely. After you moved in. So like, whenever I moved in, I was still phoning my dad. Like, can you come down? Come down, and have a cup of tea. <laughs> you know. But um, now it's just like, oh, please go away. Get out of my house. Yeah. <laughs> now he's down every night. And you're like, oh, God's sake. Is but, he ever um, going to go? I know. You've got your own place now. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like that when I moved away to university. And it was the first couple of months that I was living away from home and had mm-hmm. like no family or friends near me whatsoever. It was so strange. But then after a while, I kind of got used to it. Yeah, you and do. I didn't forget about people at home, but sometimes it, it, does, it, it doesn't cross your mind because you're in this little different world almost when you're away with yeah. your friends and you get so caught up in it. It means then when you do come home that it's always a little bit more exciting when you, you, you come back. Um, yeah, because then you have loads to talk about and a lot of catching up to do. Yeah. It's just like old times then. Like we have a catch up if you've been off on holiday for a week. I know. And it feels like so much <laughs> has happened in a week. I know. Or so much happens in work in a week. I know. It is so strange. Um, Speaking of work as well, we have almost had a year of mm-hmm. lockdowns, COVID regulations and yep. all that carry on in work. But I want to talk about the good times before that when it was easier. <laughs> there wasn't as much stuff we had to do. Yeah. So how long have you been working for Little? Is it uh, three, five, five years this oh, April. Completely wrong. <laughs> five years this April. So it will be. That's madness. I know. It just goes so quick. It feels like it's only like three years maybe. But well, I suppose it's probably changed for you um, in those three years because that's when you sort of went from just bog standard cashier to yeah. actually having a bit more responsibility i got promoted two years ago it's only been two years as a jury so it has been um but yeah like the responsibility and everything has just increased dramatically which is good because 
I said this here in a weird way, but I get bored kind of. So that <laughs> I get bored, I'm like, right, I want to do something else. Yeah. So then taking on a wee bit more responsibility is good, but then especially over the past year, it's been quite hard. So it has. Yeah, I can't imagine the sort of stress that management has been put under to try and make sure there's enough to supply such a growing demand from customers. Yeah. It's ridiculous how, like... Do you think back to last year whenever the whole toilet roll situation came out? Do you remember that? That like... was completely bonkers. <laughs> you literally wheeled out a pallet of maybe, I don't know, a hundred pack of toilet rolls sitting there and they're all gone within gone. ten minutes. <laughs> Just like that. Yeah. Click of, a, <laughs> click of a finger and they're completely white. And pasta. Yeah. I don't know why pasta was such a and big thing. And puree. We still can't get that in now. Because of it? I think it might be Brexit though. That might be a different story. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the whole pasta thing boggled me because people were buying mountains of the yeah. stuff but not a single jar of sauce, yep. not a single packet of <laughs> mince or chicken. What were they going to eat it with? I don't know, salt. <laughs> <laughs> Just boil it up for 10 minutes and then it's good to go. That's all you need in the apocalypse. Yep. It's so crazy to think that before you would have seen panic buying when someone said there was going to be like yeah. six inches of snow at the weekend yeah. and people get their milk and their bread. Yeah, because every weekend, do you know yourself, as soon as everybody says, oh, there's a wee bit of a storm coming or the heavy snow, everybody's in, doing the shopping, I'm not leaving all weekend. Yeah, I'm staying boarded up in the house. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not leaving because Storm Greta outside is going to get me. Exactly. Something ridiculous like that. But that whole panic buying thing just made oh, things so difficult like for us right from the start. Mm-hmm. It felt like Christmas. It was actually worse than Christmas because I looked at the figures and the start of COVID was the worst little. Now, the best little I've ever had, but the worst experience. Yeah, I think I heard that. Because at Christmas, the Christmas before that, uh, it wasn't as busy. We thought it was busy, but no. Little in that quarter when COVID made yeah. more than they had at Christmas. Yeah. Just from people coming ridiculous. in and flooding the place. And shops were empty. Yeah. And were really, really sure, low. But I've seen photos of, of all different stores, you know, across the across the country. Like, you know, every everywhere, all shelves were empty and couldn't get stock in. We were ordering it. Warehouse told us it was coming in. And then we're telling customers, yes, it'll be in tomorrow morning. It's ordered for tomorrow morning. The next day, customers are coming up. Where is it? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> and then it's coming sudden, in tomorrow. Yeah, it's coming in tomorrow. That's all they could ever say. Because uh, we were left so far in the dark because you just didn't know when yeah. they were going to be able to get the supply again because it ran out so quickly. Yeah. And then if we were able to get, say, for example, toilet rolls back in, it was only a certain amount allocated to each store so maybe we're only getting in like one pallet to yeah. do us two days and like that was going in like 20 minutes yeah everyone was coming so. in and throwing a case under each arm and running yeah. down to the tills the fact that we had the limit yeah what stock <laughs> what we three, could sell three or five per customer i can't remember exactly two was it two it was two yeah and there was one gentleman came in and tried to play off he was buying loads of packets of toilet roll and loads of packets of bleach yeah. and wipes because he has a business oh yeah uh... he told me oh i have a business to run of six people <laughs> and 
why do you need 10 bottles of bleach? <laughs> exactly. And 15 packets of antibacterial wipes? Go to your standard wholesaler instead <laughs> of <laughs> Exactly. What kind of man comes in and buys their chemicals from a supermarket and <laughs> <laughs> doesn't get someone to come in and do it? No, no, you're not getting this one past me. No. The lengths some people went to and just to try and get between. around it. Oh, I'm buying from a granny. Oh, I'm buying from a brother. Oh, yeah. I'm doing four different shops and I've got a packet of toilet roll in each. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Don't need to lie. I don't, I don't see the need for people to go out and panic by. I yes, I can it. understand that you might be in the house for a while. Yeah. But if it's just two people and you've bought 50 rolls of toilet roll and 10 kilos of pasta I'm sorry but the amount of pasta that you're going to be eating you're not going to be able to shit <laughs> so you don't need all that toilet roll it's very true <laughs> oh dear. But, but whilst people were maybe being a bit too selfish yeah it was nice oh, to yeah. see that some people over the past year were showing more acts of kindness and actually going yeah. out and doing larger shops for vulnerable family or donating food to certain places you know yeah little has a nice thing with their food clouds that yes, any right. fruit and veg or whatever that is not sellable because the quality yeah. isn't great is at least being used by someone that probably needs it a bit yeah, more exactly um so it's every let me get this right now every day except for friday and sunday the food clouds lifted from little from each store well from our store anyway and um pretty much like you said fruit and veg it will be stocked from the shelves i was at yamathan that see they're slightly damaged and um, we just can't sell it then so it gets put into that big box or a few boxes and then they come down lifted yeah and the fact that little does that and i'm sure there's there's going to be other retailers out there do yeah. the exact same thing too and have partnerships with food banks mm-hmm. that probably over this past year it's been needed more than anything definitely like my granda for example um last year he wasn't able to go down he had a stroke so last year he took a stroke and um there's a charity up in Dremore um but uh they were able to you know I think it was maybe once a week and they were coming up and just leaving big massive shopping bags at his door it was all like tin food. Lucky enough, it was everything that he ate. So he, yeah. was, he thought this was brilliant, you know, oh, happy days. But he, like, still, like, was trying to throw money at them to say, no, 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 like, I can't take this, I can't take this. And they were going, right, Theo, bye. <laughs> you know, take it, there you go. I just dropping it off and mm-hmm. running away. But that was really nice of them to even do that, you know. Yeah, my granda, um, as well, was receiving parcels and stuff that left off, but... The majority of the time it was, right, I've taken what I want. I don't like the rest. So you can find amongst yourselves among who wants pineapple slices and yeah. who wants tinned cauliflower or something stupid. Yeah. But it, yeah, just the effort that people were putting in. Yeah. Um, it really, really has went a long way in probably helping people's mental health a little bit. Definitely. Because um, it's eased a little bit of a burden for some people. You know, if you yeah. have someone that you're caring for and is vulnerable and you're receiving something as small as a little delivery basket every week yeah. for food and stuff for them it Simply. helps them and it helps you at the same time too it because it gives you a little bit less that you have to do 
Exactly, yeah. So there's been good and bad to come out of COVID. Probably a lot more bad. Yeah. The fact that we can't go anywhere or do anything. I or know. Oh, dear. Don't have any escapes. And it's most likely why I think, in, in my personal view, that once lockdowns and regulations and all that sort of stuff disappears yeah. and we go back into a normal way of living, whatever that new normal may be. Yeah. I do fear that there is going to be a long-term repercussion for everyone's mental well-being. Yeah, oh, definitely. You know, they've been exhausted for how long it's went on and how long it may continue after that as well. Yeah, that's true. That it's just going to be catastrophic. So the sooner things do go back to normal and people have escapes like maybe going out with their friends for a drink and a meal or playing sport and <laughs> being been active <laughs> oh my word it actually came I've never craved a pint so much in my life <laughs> <laughs> I don't drink beer <laughs> it popped into my head the other um, the other day about our Christmas Eve tradition that we were trying to get up and running yeah. of you know we'll finish early We'll all clock out, we'll all get dressed up and we'll go down and we'll all sit together and have a drink yeah. as a workforce and enjoy yourselves because you yeah. have a few days off after that. Yes, yeah, you have time to yourself. But just something as simple as that for Yeah. I'm sure all frontline workers <laughs> we I can like I can't wait <laughs> I just to be able to sit down somewhere and have a drink or a meal or go to the cinema and exactly. do all these different things that you sort of took for granted. Yeah, no, I actually really, really miss the cinema, especially. Like, I never thought I would. And it's just even talking about movies in general, there's nothing to watch because there's nothing being made. Yeah. You know? So, yes, okay, it's all good going to work, but whenever you come home, what do you do? You watch the same series you watched, like, three times. You listen to the same music and yeah. all sorts, yeah. Who knew that it would literally have an effect in every single way imaginable? Mm-hmm. Yep, and and like you know, people being off, you know, working from home, all they're doing is eating. They're not getting out to exercise because you know there's only so many times you can walk a dog. In one day, there's nowhere to go. You know, up in where I live, it's a wee bit, well, not better as such, but it's out in the country, so you can't take long, long walks. Yeah. But it's still not great, especially I, if you get lost. It's probably. <laughs> It's probably easier going for a walk in the likes of Dromore or wherever where you have a little bit of greenery yeah. and it's a bit more peaceful to go for a walk than, say, living in the city centre where yeah. it's a bit more hectic and yeah. there's a lot more foot traffic and traffic in general, so it doesn't seem as peaceful. Yeah, exactly. But then, just to even get out, like I sometimes would just throw in a pair of earphones and go out the front door and just see where I go, just because yeah. I'm desperate to get out of the house. And whether it's walking to the far end of Lisburn and lapping back around, or walking down to work, and then yeah. walking to the other little, and then walking back up the road again, yeah. and trying to make a route out of it. You have to do that, though. It becomes tiring after a while trying to think of that many different ways to leave your home and come home at the same time because <laughs> there's only really one road in and out. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so trying to vary it up becomes a bit more difficult. But yeah, just to be able to have like gyms open again mm-hmm. so that people can go and 
Yeah. Try and shed all this lockdown weight. Gyms are going to be so busy (laughs) once they do open up. Everyone will be in them. I know, it'll actually be mental. Everybody will be fighting for the treadmill. (laughs) They're going to make an absolute clean fortune in that pure gym. Yep. Everyone signing up. They will. I've actually seen a few people in Wallace Park. They have the... um, out some outdoor gym equipment yeah and there was people there at about six or seven o'clock when i was out for a walk my goodness um That's using good. them and they're simple machines for like your legs and your arms and stuff yeah but it's something exactly but it's not like promoted you know no the only real no. outdoor activity it's promoted is just going for a walk <laughs> go for a walk or a run yeah <laughs> like what do you do for example a friend of mine from uni she goes out and runs with a friend of hers yeah and they would do circuits at a local rugby pitch just to keep themselves fit of course now, yeah they're completely distanced from each other yet that would be frowned upon according to the guidelines yeah just them two being together even though they're nowhere near each other mm-hmm. and they're exercising but if they were to go there independently I'll use I'll my quotation i use my air quotes there independently that's fine yeah like if they didn't know each other but the fact that they do and they're there some people would frown upon that and i can't understand why they're still being healthy and enjoying themselves then i don't know i think um just over the past year i think everybody's mentality has just went um you shouldn't be doing this you shouldn't you know everybody's just went into a negative state yeah. Um. So if anybody even does like, not anything wrong as such, like you know, like going out and trying to enjoy themselves, it's like other people are still trying to put them down. Yeah. Because, yeah, maybe in their head they think, oh well, my friends won't come out running with me, so I'm gonna put them down. You know. Yeah. It's just so negative. So. Like a family could have, a picnic. Yeah. In the park, and people, some people will walk past and judge them. Mhm. Tut at them and be like. Look at that. I uh, they shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. Whereas realistically, they're they nowhere near anyone. Mm-hmm. They're, they're sitting s- outdoors. And they're in the same household. And they're in the same household. So mm-hmm. what should be the issue with that? But it's like you say, people's mentality this past year. Mm-hmm. Some people have just went automatically negative and yeah. would jump at people's mistakes or whatever they're doing. But it's nice to know that at the same time there's some people who are supporting yeah. and, as we mentioned before, doing all these different bits and pieces for people and trying to have trying a to positive, positive mindset yeah. during a time where it's not very easy to do so. Yeah, that's true. You know, it's, it is... The easy thing is to be negative and get down with everything and let your mind maybe take over and say that, oh... Bloody Deborah across the road. I seen her walking the dog three times yesterday. Absolute disgrace. What is she doing? But Boris only said once a day. Is exactly, a exactly. Listen to Boris. <laughs> but then, on the other side of the coin, Deborah might be suffering from something. Yeah, exactly. Internally in her own head, and her escape has always been going out and walking her dog. Yeah. She might just be going out for a walk on her own and she's in contact with no one so where's the harm as graham on the podcast last week mentioned you know i hate negativity as well yeah you know sometimes i might be pessimistic Mm -hmm. 
or realistic, you know, but sometimes people can perceive that as negativity on my heart and it's not. I sometimes just tell how it is and that's it. Of course. Whereas some people are just outright down and will happily see people suffer a wee bit and yeah and like they they, like, they enjoy the conflict of you know upsetting people a little yes, bit yes that's exactly it yeah and i really don't see the need why no, <laughs> why a person would want to do actually. that yeah so it is. and it's probably one of the reasons why like through my school life there were a few occasions where i struggled most whether it was a teacher or another pupil or like external pressures and negativity. There's one teacher in particular that sticks out in my head, you know, saying that, you know, I will be nothing. It's a bit rude, isn't it? Yeah, I'm being very blunt and, you know, said it to me in front of my parents. And that that was very hard for me to take as a 17-year-old boy in school you know something so like outrageously negative to a young person see that could have damaged you for life do you know what i mean like just having that wee thought in the back of your head like you know i will be nothing yeah maybe he's right i will be nothing but on the other hand you flipped it around just like (laughs) no i'm not yeah exactly i'm proving you wrong like saying i will be nothing yeah okay that might fit into your worldview of going to university, getting a degree yeah. and going on to be a doctor. Yes, then I may be nothing. But for me, I am someone in a completely different way. Of you course. know, it does they have deemed that I'm gonna be a failure in just one area. You know, I'm not gonna go on and be successful because I don't have a university qualification. But there are so many other different ways that I can become something, you know, whether it is because of events in the past 12 months for me, I have now become more responsible in looking after my family. Mm -hmm. I have bettered myself in many different skill sets. You know, I was an assistant manager within a very successful sort of discount business by the time I was 21. Mm -hmm. You know, so for me, that's success as well, you know, just because in their own worldview she decided that I was going to be nothing and told me there and then on the spot anytime that I have done something whether it's raising four thousand pounds for charity in the golf day donating my trolley dash as well you know Mm -hmm. I I have done something and become someone in a completely different way than she's imagined yeah but her automatic viewpoint was just nope you're not good at studying so that's it and I don't know if you would ever feel the same as well. You know, you didn't go off to university, but no. you're in a position now where you work for a company that respects people moving internally. Mm-hmm. You're up to the supervisory or duty manager role within Little now. Yeah. And Little provides an opportunity, regardless of how competent you may have been in school, that you yeah. can progress and eventually work your way up within yeah. the business. Exactly. Um, in little, pretty much what they actually try and push is for you join the company at standard level cashier. Everybody joins there, or majority of people anyway, and they actually push you to work up to duty. And then once you're a duty, up to dep, and then once you're a de- deputy, we have then manager, and then SOM, and then SOE, and goes so on, on and so on. on. Yeah, and but they would rather someone who's worked for the company knows from the bottom line 
and has worked out. And I think that's where you probably get a better understanding within Lidl with yeah. managers knowing what it's been like to have worked there. You know, I went for my interview and when I was being interviewed by the, the two personnel, they had more than 40 years experience. Yeah. And they had both started off in that cashier role. Yeah, exactly. And one was my store manager and one was my area manager. Yeah. But they had all beforehand started at that bottom rung of the ladder and just slowly mm-hmm. worked their way up. And that probably is one of the reasons why I enjoy it more. Like in my previous role before Lidl, I worked there for five years from the ground and worked my way up and yeah. enjoyed it. And you learn along the way and you pick up bits and pieces and then you feel confident when you go for other positions. Exactly. And the fact that they push you so much to develop mm-hmm. that there's two kinds of people. Someone will thrive off of that yeah. and go on to do great things and then some people will maybe realise, oh, maybe this isn't the thing for me. And exactly. then they'll eventually go on and find something that it does suit them. But having that drive and push from everyone around you, you know, we, even though we're on two completely different levels in terms of our, our job roles and stuff, yeah, I, I will always expect you to do the best you can and of likewise... Course. Anytime we work together, you'll expect everyone that you're with to work to their absolute best. Of course. And when you're working with friends, it makes everything easier too. You can it enjoy yourself. does, but what I've actually learned is uh, not to mix friendship in work as much. So I haven't. So I've um, whenever I first stepped up, I was like in my head, oh, I have to be friends with everybody, you know. But it has to like me, but it's, it's not the case. Like, you know, I'm in doing my job. That's it. Yeah. If you like me in work, happy days. If you don't, well, I'll see you outside work for a drink. I don't care. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Do you so. know what? I, I experienced that as well. When I first moved up as an assistant manager then in my last place, I moved to a store where previously I had been a customer assistant. Yep. Maybe a couple of years before that, covering at Christmas. And there were a couple of members of staff that were still there from the last time. And I think that's what made it probably a little bit more difficult for me. I was the same as you when I first stepped up. It was, oh, everyone has to get on with me and I'm sort of worried about what people think. Mm -hmm, Exactly. And now I don't really care what people think of me. Yeah. I'll try and get on with you in work. You know, I'll maybe not chat to you every five minutes exactly. to pass by or you're not you meant know. to be chatting every yeah. five minutes <laughs> but it could be something as simple as i'll just say hello to you in the morning we'll get on with our jobs i'll talk to you when i need to in yeah. terms of what needs done and that's it i'll leave it there i don't have to be friends with you outside of work yeah but as long as we can get on together on a professional basis 100 percent. that's all that really matters to me as yeah. much and but what's good at the minute is in work is that we are all are all close like we all get on really well and we do have a good like connection with everybody and there has been a good few times where we've all been out drinking or you know like at someone's house for a wee chat or anything like that you know yeah there was it has been good there was a few times last year when i did value people you know like yourself calling and messaging uh-huh. and 
um, check in, seeing how I was, and I try and do that with everyone else as well. You know, mm-hmm. if I haven't seen so and so in a couple of months because their shifts are different, I'll throw them a text message and see how they're doing or how they're getting on. And that's me just doing a little bit to check in on them and exactly. see how they are. There's probably people in their workplaces would respond to that better, you know, from someone that they maybe haven't seen in a while. Yeah. Um, and just even if you get a text message from someone, it brightens your day. Yeah, it really does. It does doesn't it? Like even like if you're sitting at home and you're like, oh, I haven't seen that person in a wee while. I wonder if I should text them. And a lot of people go, oh no, actually, I'll not, I'll not you, text them. You're almost scared of bothering them. Yeah. So it's actually nice if someone just picks up a carriage and goes, hi, how are you? Haven't seen you in a wee while. Hi, is everything? Fancy we meet up? Fancy we catch up? Fancy like walking the dog now because you can't actually go to everybody's but Fancy a FaceTime. Exactly. <laughs> but even we things like that are nice and it helps cheer everybody up, you know. Yeah, it just it brings a little smile to you almost. Definitely. In a time when you probably need it most. And as I've mentioned, it's not been an easy year for everyone involved and for various reasons. A lot of people have found it difficult whether it is through work or it's finances mm-hmm. or it's a change in circumstances within your personal life within your professional life whatever it may yeah. be it's been difficult for quite a lot of people and um you know I had to take some time off last year just to readjust and sort out what my priorities were and I hope you don't mind me no, in saying this but you're off at the minute now for yeah. um a few weeks as well and you know we, we've chatted before that that this is your time to do that as well you know it hasn't been easy for anyone who has worked all the way through this you know without a proper substantial break or rest yeah. in it whatsoever um so i just wanted to ask how you're finding yourself out in this little sort of period of readjustment um so what have i been off now i've been off um 10 days nine, 9 days now and it was only um the other day really i would start feeling myself going right i'm starting to be okay now um my sleeping's a lot better i'm not having the beforehand because obviously i didn't get that break i wasn't sleeping like maybe i would have got half an hour of sleep or within three nights i would have got the maximum of six hours um sleeping tablets don't work anymore um but it's, it's just, just worn this, off completely. Uh, yeah they're just like skittles at the minute <laughs> 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 not that i'm trying to overdose folks i'm just uh <laughs> put that out there popping pills but, like pac-man oh swear to god but um yeah so like no sleeping and obviously like you know the stress of work and just got a wee bit too much and I think everybody just needs a wee break every now and then but um it was actually funny because the second day off that night I slept for eight hours straight didn't wake up once woke up and I was like oh my goodness that's the first time I remember sleeping eight hours solid and I don't even know how long and it's been a love life (laughs) (laughs) yeah I find that there was a there was a period like four or five weeks into it, where I was like, right, okay, I feel ready now. Yeah. And it does take for you to have to have a few weeks to yourself. It does. And take time off of work mm-hmm. to try and reset yourself and get ready to go. Exactly. You know, we're going to be coming into a period where 
everything starts to open up and we'll have those escapes once more but having gone 12 months without them it has been such a struggle for everyone mentally that we all are going to need some time to ourselves to try and readjust and try and take a breather because it's felt like Christmas for the past year with the demand and the work and the amount of extra things that you're having to do now on top of an already busy work day. Exactly. Just put so much stress on managers, duties, cashiers, people in the warehouse, nurses, delivery drivers, literally anyone that has been working for this past year. It has been such a slog from everyone and such a massive effort. But everyone is going to need time to themselves to try and find that rest period for themselves where they can become themselves again. So the fact that you've recognised that you were not feeling yourself. Oh, I yeah. And you've taken the time to readjust and Mm -hmm. relax a little bit and recuperate from such a busy 12 months, I think is such a big step. And I really do applaud you for it. Because it's not easy for someone to recognise when they are struggling a little bit in terms of work and yeah. they need to take the time to themselves because most people will just try and work through it and it'll end up worse. Yeah, I mean, um, it, it was hard. I actually felt a wee bit like, defeated, handed in a wee letter just to say, by the way, I need some time off. But um, I think it's just the nerves. You know, whenever you just get a wee bit nervous about going up to your manager and being like, Here's my letter. See you later, folks. It's like uh, a holiday, but not a holiday. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck with the rota. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, do you know what? After a couple of days, it was it was absolutely fine. Um, the only thing I really laughed at was the doctor. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, you have to do some more um vigorous exercises. Where? <laughs> what do you want me to do? I can't run with a broken foot. <laughs> That is now rehealed into de- deformality. I don't even know what it is. I can remember the past two years. Every week was just like my foot is still broken. Yet you're busting out fruit and veg and you're running around the shop. I don't have time to go to the hospital. <laughs> well, I do now. A year later. Ah, you've got you've got. That was a little bit to yourself. Yeah. It felt like forever that you were just walking around. Hobbling about. With like a, a minor disability to yourself. Oh, sure. If you don't laugh, you'd probably cry, so it's all right. Was it self-inflicted, though? Uh, yeah. It was a drunken night out. (laughs) (laughs) November 2019. (laughs) Well, then you possibly deserve it. Yeah. I had a good night, though. That's all that matters. And ran from work, put on my high heels and everything for me, because I was crying that I couldn't get them on. (laughs) In the middle of filthies. (laughs) That was the Christmas night out, wasn't it? No. Yes, it was. It was a Christmas night It was, night yeah, because we had, we had it in November instead. Mm-hmm. You, My God, you sneaked though. into Benedict's and it happened just after that. Shh, don't tell them that. They don't I know. I mean, no, you didn't. <laughs> it, it, it was the perfect foolproof plan. Anyone yeah. that's listening, what you need to do is, step one, if you don't get into Benedict's, just stand beside the door with your hands in your pockets and look so uninterested. Then eventually the bouncers will come and kick the shit out of someone <laughs> on the street and all 20 of them will be there. Slip into the door, get yourself two pints and you're having a good night. <laughs> and exactly. you're listening to Culture Beat. 
on repeat all night. It worked. It really did. I can't. I couldn't believe he got in. The fact that it was the Northern Ireland match as well, like Benedict was yes, packed when I was. went in, and all of my friends were at one table after the match, and I tried phoning them to get them to come out, no answer. So yeah, if you want to get into Benedict's, just wait for some poor man to get thrown out in the street and fifteen Belfast bouncers knock his pan in, <laughs> and you're ready for a good night. But what a return that it'll be once we can actually go out to places I know. <laughs> and have It'll a drink. Be wonderful. Whenever this roadmap is going to lead us to being able to go out and socialise again and we can have our 2020 staff night out because we didn't do anything. We didn't. No. We didn't even go out for a walk. No. We could have done something for charity and we didn't. But it'll be nice once we can actually get out and try and enjoy ourselves a little bit more and when businesses do start to open. And I know from chatting to you the past couple of years, you have your own independent business outside of Little too, And it's been affected because of COVID. So just tell the listeners a little bit about that. Um, So basically, what am I open now? Two years uh, coming this summer, I think. Yes, June. Two years coming. Um, yeah, it started off really well, I have to say. Like, I never really, at the start, you know, whenever you open up a business, you're like, oh my goodness, this is quite daunting. You know, I won't be able to get, I'll be paying out more than, you know, coming in. But it, it turned out not to be too bad now. Um, and, and just for the people listening, what was the, the business that you decided to start? At that stage, i just done um, semi-permanent eyelash extensions. Um, so I started just standard classics and then I went on done my Russian course as well and so now I'm in it nine months so pretty much I was open for nine months building up my clientele and then first lockdown hit Um, but before that you know everyone was saying about you know cleanliness and hygiene to be fair the beauticians and hairdressers that's the only they didn't really have to change that much apart from asking clients to wear a mask and spray their hands before they come in because beauticians and hairdressers are always so clean anyway they have to like could you imagine if i didn't sanitize any of my equipment the eye infections pink eye conjunctivitis everything that all my clients are believing with and it's like so i i still don't understand how we're not open yeah but there we go i Um, think with this roadmap that they've released as well that it's again going to be one of the last last, yeah things to open up like close contact Mm -hmm. services I got my tattoo of mum when the tattoo parlors were still open and there were restrictions still in. Yeah. And just like any hairdressers or beauticians, it's one of the cleanest places you'll go into because it needs to be. Exactly. If you get tattooed with an infected needle for two and a half hours or, yeah, you do get an infection in your eye, not only is it going to be serious for the person, but... You would be shut down straight away. I'd be sued. My insurance would rocket sky high. Then have to close because of the insurance, and it would be ridiculous. Uh, everything would just be totally against you. So mm-hmm. you have to, from the very start, yeah, get into routine of be hygienic yeah. and you know cleaning up and in between clients mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So yeah, I can't really understand. I think the thought process behind it was. You're in someone's space for 
an hour or two. Yeah. And these are together, and that's possibly where the risk but if you factor. Can talk come about in. like the ventilation systems that are now in place in most salons. The windows have to be open, which is guidelines. You know, you're not doing anything more than that. You're you're opening windows. Um, you know, a lot of beauticians and hairdressers that I've known of do have ventilations now that, you know, pull the air out of the room and they're pumping new air from outside in. So it's like they're being even more precautious. And that was probably before they even had to do any of that stuff. Yeah. It is it is strange, but as I mentioned there, it is seeming like close contact services are going to be one of the last things that do open up and for quite a lot of people that I know and the likes of yourself doing makeup hair lashes nails yeah all these different beautician based jobs in someone else's um life it's another income of money for them that is now suddenly shot and like for someone such as yourself who's moved into a new property and is now paying for that and you suddenly lost this income on a weekly basis coming from clients i'm sure it can't be easy whatsoever yeah and that was the other thing as well which i'm not well say not too fussed and now i'm not too fussed a year later but um i'm not entitled to anything so the way hairdressers are entitled to a lump sum or whatever it is i applied for it and because i already have a full-time job i'm not entitled to it so anything i've lost throughout this year that's that's my fault for owning a business pretty much is what they stated um so i'm not entitled to any help i still have to pay my insurance i still have to pay i still have to do my tax forms at the end of the year i still have to pay my accountant to sort out everything for me like, you know all these bills are still coming out but i'm having no income so it's like well how's that fair they're if tra- not there should be like a business in one way but not the other yeah exactly they should just be cutting it off and saying right we've all had a bad year let's just have no bills that's just zero it as such um it's a good job that the the salon i rent off they're not charging me for rent because i know a lot of places are still doing that um that's quite nice actually that they're, yeah they're a bit more understanding and humane yes yeah, so that's the only thing that i've been like oh thank goodness for that <laughs> but um i've known a few hairdressers in particular Um, i think it was the start of the last lockdown so everybody had to shut up shop that was it and they got told, yes, you'll be getting your entitlement, you know, your, your money, your help from the government, whatever it was. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. And I think it was four months later, they were still waiting for it. And it's like, how do you expect people to live on no income, still bills coming out, still their mortgage, rent, whatever it is. Everybody else isn't going to wait on their bills. They just want their money there and then. So like it was very hard for them. Thankfully, I did have you know little to fall back on, but for them, I, I couldn't imagine. And as someone who is just fully independent when it comes yeah. to that side of you know working, and they don't have another job to help them. Exactly. You know, not getting Money. food and proper support. I I, yeah. I I'm so thankful that I do work in a place, and I'm sure the same as well. That actually yeah. feels safe. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's no risk of little having to cut jobs anytime soon because it's always a place that's going to have demand and it's always going to be open no matter what you know we've went through hell for the past year yet it stayed open all but maybe three days yeah two days a year no you're right three days a year because three 
yeah. Well, four, sorry, Easter Sunday. We used to close it, we don't close it anymore. Ah, three. <laughs> Great, <Damn>. thanks. <laughs> thanks, guys. I was looking forward to that Sunday off. Lovely Sunday dinner, just went out the window. Exactly. That's not actually a thing we really do in this house. No. An Easter dinner. It's just like a normal Sunday dinner for us. Yeah. We Nothing just, special. Yeah. Same as Christmas dinner. It's just Sunday dinner, but... Yeah. <laughs> Although when you get a family member like my uncle who makes your dinner, oh my word, you're just sitting drooling at the thought <laughs> of it like two weeks before you're like trying to starve yourself yep. so that you can Prepare. enjoy it. <laughs> Getting ready for ham and turkey and chicken and beef and, and all sorts of vet. Oh my word. You I'm starting to... The roast potatoes, the starting mashed potatoes. starting to dribble potatoes, thinking about it. <laughs> yours are buttons, Oh, yum, yum. It's like a proper feed and I have to wait Nine months now to have it again. Ugh. Nine months to Christmas, folks. <laughs> There's a positivity we need back. Exactly. There's something to look forward to in the future. Um, But until Christmas does come around again for all of us to have a little laugh with our family and hopefully some family time where you can enjoy other people's company. I just want to thank you, Danielle, then, for coming on to the show. And thank you for course, no joining problem. me for episode lovely. nine. Woohoo! Nearly ten. See? We nearly it. got there. Exactly. I'm almost at that milestone. Exactly. Um, see, it wasn't that bad, was it? No, it actually wasn't. Exactly. Once you get into it, then it's just like any other conversation. We chit-chat. <laughs> just lots of microphones and weird wires to scare you. Yeah. I keep filling about with this here as well. <laughs> you probably hear that throughout as me going, I don't know if that makes the sound. Yeah, it's just Danielle fidgeting with all the, the strings and bells and whistles and please don't do that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> do you know how hard it is to take that stuff out? No, apologies. <laughs> That's alright. It's okay. I'm still learning myself. But yes, Danielle, thank you so much for coming on the No, no, thank show. you. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, And we will get chatting at some point. Yes. After this. And when you are back in work, we'll have many a laugh. and I expect nothing less. Many a, many a fun time after that. But for now, guys... That is all we have for episode 9 of the New Leaf Podcast. Make sure as well you check out the New Leaf Podcast on Instagram and Facebook and make sure you're following us because on the pages there, there is currently a giveaway that I have just posted today. So make sure you go on, follow all the T's and C's and enter properly. Follow all the information that will be on the page with a chance to win our lovely prized coffee hamper with some of the finest local blends that you will find and it includes a little glass as well that you can enjoy it in too so head over to the pages make sure you're following us on instagram and you've liked the page on facebook keep sharing it amongst your friends you know we've hit the lovely milestone of a thousand listens and for me i'm completely blown away by that and having that support and kindness from everyone else has been truly breathtaking on a personal note. So thank you so much for everyone that has helped so far. And here's to the next thousand listens as well and many more milestones after that. So for now guys, stay safe, take pride in everything you do and remember you're all superstars. See you later. <laughs>